0: Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. For now, we hope you enjoy this message. Thanks for tuning in today. In the front part of my journal, I've got, I don't know, anytime I'm reading books or the Bible or listening to things, I'll have ideas for like messages and so forth. So I'll just take and write those down. I've probably got 50 or 60 ideas with like, You know, cool names. They're not all built out by any means. But I'm looking through that last night. um, And just, I'm like, I got nothing. You know, nothing's popping up. And so when all else fails, what do you do? You pray, right? You know, you should do that first, of course. But uh, literally just sitting at the kitchen table, I bowed my head. And I I just said, Holy Spirit, you know, what would you have your people uh, to hear tomorrow night? And right away it came up in my, my heart, just encouragement. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, and I started studying it out. And, um, you know, uh, I'm going to go a couple different directions. So, you know, one, I'm going to talk about um, the spiritual gift of encouragement, and then we're going to talk about natural encouragement as well. But, uh, you know, when you get born again, obviously there's the nine fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, you know, the the fruit of the Spirit that should be evident in your life when you get Spirit-filled. Well, there's the fivefold ministry then, apostle, prophet, evangelist, um, help me out, uh, teacher and pastor, exactly. So there's those five. And then we have the nine gifts of the Spirit. And I'm not going to try to run through all those. Uh, the Spirit of Discernment, that's the one, or Discerning of Spirits, that's the one I always uh, forget. But then you've got seven motivational gifts. And, you know, I, I've read those, in Romans 12 is where we're going to be at here tonight, and I've read those plenty of times before, but just really haven't, haven't studied those out. And so when we talk about encouragement, uh, we're going to talk about, again, this motivational gift of encouragement. The Bible also talks about, it says it's, it's the gift of exhortation. Um, and, and we're going to, again, also talk down the road here uh, about naturally being an encourager. I mean, the day and age we live in, who needs some encouragement? Amen? Amen? We could all use a little bit of encouragement. You know, David said... That, that he had to encourage himself in the Lord at, at a really difficult time in his life. And I'll tell you, that's where, when you read the Psalms, you know, David was a, was a leader. He was a champion. Um, he also had a lot of, you know, shortcomings, as we all do. Um, but reading the book of Psalms, it, it is an encouraging thing. And, and just hearing what, what David, you know, went through and, and how he praised God and so forth. But encouragement, the definition, if you look in the, the dictionary, it's simply the action of giving someone support confidence, or hope. So when you walk away from somebody, you know, do you feel supported, confident, and hopeful? Or do you feel the opposite? Maybe you feel undermined or or uncertain or hopeless. And a lot of people are feeling that way right now. So make sure when you leave people, you're making them feel, again, confident, supported, and hopeful. And that's how we all want to be. We want to be that encouragement. Um, Romans Chapter 12, verse 6 through 8 is is where we're going to be at here tonight to start out having, again, talking about these motivational gifts. um, The Bible says, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us. And again, all gifts that come from God, it's always by grace. You're saved by grace, you're healed by grace, you're delivered by grace, you're sitting here tonight by grace, you got out of bed this morning and were able to brush your teeth by God's grace. Everything is by God's grace. So, again, this isn't the gifting, you know, that that you just develop and, and mustered up yourself. It's the gift that God gave you by His grace, Amen. And that gift is that is given to us, and let us use them. So it's not just given to you, you know, so it can lie dormant in you. But where, where do you use those gifts? And it says, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. And just a, a side note, you know, with prophecy you know, you've got to have the Word in you so you can prophesy according to your faith. How does faith come? By hearing by hearing the Word. And again, if you're hearing, you know, the prophetic voice that's apart from the Word of God, that's where that discerning of spirits has to come in. So again, when you're out prophesying, you've got to have this Word in you and you've got to spend time in the Word. And then again, when somebody prophesies over you, you can measure it up and see if it, if it does line up the Word or if it confirms that which, you know, you're believing God for. So, if prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, or minister, or ministry, excuse me, let us use it in our ministering, he who teaches in teaching. And I know we got a lot of teachers in here. And you need to use that gift. You know, whether it's, it's uh, doing Bible studies or whatever it is, that's the only way we're gonna multiply this gospel and, and take this city is by all of us doing what it is that, that we're gifted in. And God's graced you for that. But you gotta go ahead and, and step into that gift. Verse 8, it says, he who exhorts in exhortation. And, and another version says, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. And again, that gift of exhortation is the same thing, same word as the word of encouragement. Finally, he who gives with liberality. You know, the gift of giving is a spiritual gift. It's, it's a grace uh, gift or a motivational gift that God has given certain believers. He who leads with diligence. There's a gift of leadership. He who, who shows mercy with cheerfulness. Amen? So, this, this spiritual gift of encouragement or exhortation. You know, I, I, again, as I read through this, I was t- saying to Melissa, I was like, you know, this is like, doesn't everybody just encourage people? She's like, no, not at all. You know, like, like most people are not encouraging others and, and, and genuinely excited and, and trying to help one another, you know, grow and, and develop and, and move forth. Not necessarily in this room. But out in the world, I'm saying, you know, in in, in your jobs and so forth, you have people around you that, you know, you're just around and they're negative and and you walk away definitely not feeling supported, feeling more confident and more hopeful. You feel the exact opposite. And they're not operating definitely in that, that gift of encouragement or in that exhortation. But spiritually speaking, exhortation is the special ability, or again, God's grace, he gives you that ability, that God gives to inspire others to reach their full potential by challenging, comforting, and guiding them in such a way that they are motivated to grow. So think about that. You challenge, comfort, and guide people in such a way that they are motivated to grow. And I think about it, you know, it's kind of like a coach. I think a coach is a great example of somebody that has that gift of exhortation. You know, and I've heard, you know, pastor many times exhort us as, as uh, the congregation, you know, just encourage us to challenge us to to comfort us especially during these times just kind of letting us know that hey everything's going to be all right and, and leading and guiding us and that's that gift of exhortation you know that that he operates in in groups definitely you know we need someone with this gift to rally the people and promote optimism because again it's it's you get on Facebook or de Facebook whatever you want to call it you get on the news everything is very negative so it's having somebody you know, or being the, the optimist in people's lives, the encourager and, and the person that is challenging people and, and encouraging them and helping them to grow and, and get better, you know, that's the number one thing. You know, you talk about this first part, um, challenging others. You know, as a coach, so I, you know, I've been a fitness professional for going on 25 years, simply I look at, a, at somebody that challenges others as, as they apply pressure to get someone to go further than they would on their own. You know, and you hear Pastor talk a lot of times when, when I used to train him years ago and, and he thought I was trying to kill him. But that's that gift of encouragement or or of exhortation. I know that he's got another repertoire in him that he's not gonna do if I'm not there. And that's that's a challenge. But it's a good thing. Amen. And anytime you're training, you know, with a trainer or in a group, you're always gonna train and, and work out harder than you would on your own. You're always going to quit a rep or two earlier when you're on your own versus when somebody's right there challenging you, you know, to get further than you would be on your own. So again, that's how we need to be in other people's lives, challenging. Not crushing, but challenging. Amen? Amen. Second part, comforting. You know, the word comfort, you know, in this text, it means encouraging you that everything's going to work out, even if things don't look good right now. I remember back when... You know, Noah, our 17-year-old, he was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. And, you know, that's a, a tough pill to swallow when you're, you're sitting in the, um, you know, doctor's office and they, they start saying big words like incurable and, and various things that, that don't line up with the book. They're, they're the facts, you know, of, of what's going on. But again, you, you know, you're, you're taking this in and you're listening to it and, you know, it starts shaking your faith. But you, you guys know when, when a ketchup bottle gets squeezed, what comes out? Ketchup, right? and when a faith person gets squeezed what comes out the word of god but you know it it still gets difficult at times and i know melissa and i you know when things were were just just not going in the right direction and and you know sat down with pastors and and so the the actually pastor vicky operating in this gift of exhortation or encouragement it looked like this you know asked us the story hey you know how did everything come about you know how to, and, and we just shared kind of the progression of everything and, and what the doctors were saying. You know, then they asked us, hey, what are you believing for? You know, we're believing for 100%, you know, full healing and so forth. And just her listening to that and hearing our story and, and just being on the outside. And then, you know, here's what I'm getting to is, is, is the comfort thing. Is she said, hey, you know what? You guys, you're faith people. You've got the word in you. You guys have got this. You're going to walk above this. Noah is going to get healed, and I can't tell you how I walked away from that, uh, that conversation feeling confident, you know, lifted up, and, and most importantly, comforted. You know, I knew they were supporting us and, and being helpful in that situation, and that's that gift of exhortation. And the final part, you know, guiding, you know, walking alongside someone to comfort, encourage, console, strengthen, and stir up their faith, and, and this gift is, is readily used in discipleship and, and mentorship. And that doesn't mean you've got to have the spiritual gift of exhortation to be able to disciple somebody or to mentor somebody. But if you do walk in that gift, as I'm explaining this out, and you're like, yeah, that sounds like me. Like when I read this out, you know, today and, and yesterday, last night when I was studying, I was like, man, that, that like defines me. Like that's some of the giftings, that's some of the things that come naturally To me, which means you should be discipling people. You should be mentoring people. You should be coming alongside of them and and helping them get further than they would get on their own because you know what? Somebody's done that for you, and we want to pay that forward, and we want to encourage and exhort and challenge and and comfort and support other people and, again, guide them, you know, to take things to the next level in their own lives. This body of Christ, it's, it's built up in faith, as a result of, these, of the ministry of, of those with the gift of encouragement. It, it, it is built up that way. And, you, you know, when you look at the Bible, Barnabas, he's a great example of somebody that was gifted with the gift of encouragement. In, in Acts chapter 13, verse 43, if you want to turn there in your text or, or go there on your phone, um, it says, Many of the Jews and devout proselytes followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded, or urged, or encouraged them continue to continue in the grace of God. So what was Barnabas encouraging them to do? To not quit. To not give up on their faith. To continue to walk down the path that they had started out on. I mean, how many people have started out on, a, on something that that seemed exciting in the beginning, but boy, once you got in there, through the process of time, you were like, this wasn't as easy as what I thought it was going to be. You know? Whether it's something in your finances, or... Or your physical health, or, or any area. You know, again in fitness, I'm sitting down with a new person at a consult. Man, it's all rainbows and unicorns, and they're ready to do anything. They're at a, you know, on a ten on a scale of one to ten. You know, then you start asking them, hey, we're going to have to make some adjustments. And about week two or three, it's like, man, they're sore, they can hardly walk. You know, and it's just not so fun and exciting at, at that point as it was when we first started. You know, and and uh, so we encourage them. To stay the course, to put blinders on and say, hey, eight weeks from now you're gonna be blown away by how you look, how you feel. Sixteen weeks from now it's gonna get that much better. Imagine yourself a year from now. And we encourage them through that. And that's what Barnabas did here. He made them feel confident and supported and hopeful that they could stay the course and and, and finish this thing out. Another story with Barnabas was in Acts chapter 15. You know, this was when so the Apostle Paul and Barnabas had went out and, and they'd shared the gospel and and they had planted churches. And, and so Paul wanted to, to go with Barnabas and he wanted to circle back around and basically check on the people, check on the flock, see how everybody was doing. Are they continuing on in the faith or, or have they wavered or, or what's going on? Well, Barnabas wanted to bring Mark along. John Mark is, is the guy's name. And, and this is where Paul said, absolutely not. Last time we went out, Mark took off. He, he deserted us. He abandoned us. And, and so as a result of this, Uh, Paul and Barnabas, they split up. And so Paul and Silas ended up going their way, and Barnabas and Mark ended up going the other way. But you think about that. That is that gift of encouragement. What did what did Barnabas do? He came alongside Mark and he said, Hey, I know last time you failed, You, you didn't stick with it, but this time I'm gonna lock arms with you and I'm gonna walk along the way with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you this gift of encouragement. And, and just, again, walk alongside. I'm going to help you. I'm going to comfort you. I'm going to encourage you to become more effective for Christ because he saw something in, in Mark that he could be greater than, than, you know, his past failure. And I say, say that a lot of times about Pastor Mike. You know, when I was in, in prison, he used to come visit me. I'd, you know, orange T-shirt, inmate on my back. He didn't know whether I was a, a convict, whether I was going to stay with this thing or not. But he exhibited that gift of exhortation or encouragement to me because, again, he didn't see where I was at right then. He was more concerned about my future, and now here I stand 19 years later because somebody believed in me. Amen? And that's the power of that. So how do you know if you've been given the gift of, of exhortation or encouragement? And I you just kind of wrote this out. Encouragers, they have an ability to call forth the best in people through encouragement and motivation, kind of like what I just explained Pastor Mike did. They feel comfortable around people and they tend to have extroverted personalities. Jane, I think, maybe have the the gift of exhortation, extroverted personalities. (laughs) Amen. Encouragers want to see people improve and succeed and often prescribe practical advice. So kind of like Pastor Vicki did for Melissa and I, where she listened to our story, hey, listen to what's going on, what do you believe in God for, and then she turned around and gave us practical advice. That's that gift of of exhortation. And finally, they have an ability to bring new life to people who have lost their determination and feel burnt out. And that's where a lot of people are at right now in the world. They've lost determination and they feel burnt out. They feel hopeless. And it's our job, again, to encourage them. And it starts with the body of Christ. You know, and and, you've heard pastor many times say, hey, there's a lot of people that haven't yet come back to church for whatever reason. Well, if you know those people, reach out and encourage them. Just love them. Don't, don't you know, apply negative pressure on them. Just, just reach out and love them. Hey, we miss you. We're thinking about you. You know, what, what questions do you have? When do you think you'll be ready to come back to church? And again, just have that conversation with them and encourage them to come back if the door opens. Otherwise, just love them. Be a friend to them. And eventually, they'll come back around. A lot of people, what they think is this. It's, it's Again, it's, it's very much like the gym. We'd have people that would leave And they put on some weight, and then they feel like, man, I can't go back. What are they going to think? What are they going to say? And it's the same way here. You know, it's been 10 months now. When I walk in, oh, man, are they going to say this, or are they going to think that? Well, we're not going to be thinking anything other than, man, we missed you. You know, give them a hug or a knock or whatever, and and, and a high five, and ready to see them again. But the enemy plays tricks on their mind. So that's where I'm telling you, again, it's reaching out to them and encouraging them, and, and, and just being a friend and just loving them, being a brother or sister in Christ so that's exhortation in the spiritual sense in that motivational gift when you we, when you transition now into the natural everybody say this I am, an encourager. I am an encourager that's good you guys are all encouragers you just need to walk in that Hebrews chapter 10 verse 25 in the New Living it says let us not neglect our meeting together the King James says don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as some people do but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So it says to encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Do you think the day of, of Christ's return is drawing near? We're, we're way closer now than they were when this book was written. Amen? So we go over to 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 5, and we're going to talk about what it is like right now, the, the days that we're living in. So we're, we're to encourage each other, especially now that the day of his return is dry, drawing near. So why do we need more encouragement as the return of Jesus Christ is drawing near? Well let's let's look. Chapter three, um, 1 Timothy chapter three, verse one through five. That is not right. Second Timothy, thank you. Chapter three, Second Timothy chapter three, verse one. Through five. It says you should know this, Timothy. So this is Paul writing to, to Timothy. He says, In the last days there will be very difficult times. For some right now, there's very difficult times. For people will love only themselves and their money. They will be boastful and proud. Sound familiar? Scoffing at God. Disobedient to their parents and ungrateful. They will consider nothing sacred. Sacred. They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander, Facebook, right, slander. Slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel and hate what is good. Bible says in the, in the last days, black will be white, white will be black, up will be down, you know, bitter will be sweet, sweet will be bitter. It's what's going on. They will be cruel and hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless, be puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. They will act religious, or they will have a form of godliness, but they will reject the power that could make them godly. And it says st- straight up, stay away from people like that. And that's why we need to be encouragers. Is th- those are the days, or that's, that's a de- depiction of the days that we're living in right now. First Thessalonians 5.11, it says, So encourage each other and build each other up, just as you are already doing says so, you know, that word so is a conjunction, and, and it's like therefore. So anytime you see the word so or, or therefore, you need to find out why it's there. It's attaching two thoughts. So when we go back to, to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5, verse 11, basically what he's talking about there is not to give up on your faith. You know, and, and imagine how hard it was back then. You know, when, when you were a Uh, a Jewish person and you were doing sacrifices and then you you gave your life to Jesus Christ, you you got born again, your whole family, they they disowned you. And so you were out on your own. You know, you lost your inheritance. A lot of times you lost your job. A lot of times you could even lose your, your place to live. And so don't you think people needed encouragement back then? And that's what he's talking about here. Encourage each other and build each other up just as you are already doing. Now here's the practical stuff with this. Don't wait around for somebody to encourage you. You know, so many times that's what we do. We're like, well, you know, when somebody encourages me or, or somebody befriends me, then I'll be a friend. Or then I'll encourage them. Or, or when somebody, you know, smiles at me, I'll smile at them. No, you be the engager. You be the encourager. Amen? And here's some, some practical stuff. Number one, encourage your pastor. I'm telling you, leadership is not easy, especially leading through times like this. No matter what decision he makes, He's going to have half the people upset and the other half happy, you know, and he's just got to have a vision from God, Pastor Mike and Vicki, and, and they've got to follow that vision, but it's not easy to do that. And that's why we do need to be encouraging to them. And, and some ways to do that, you know, is, is after a message, don't just say, hey, great message. Tell them specifically what you got out of that message. You know, because a lot of times, I know, we, we retain about 10 to 15% of what it is that we hear so, pastor would love for you to say, "Hey, you know, X, Y, Z. That really ministered to me. That's a way to encourage him and let him know that that you know he's he's making a difference while he's up here, you know, in, in this pulpit. You know, maybe send him a message or or write him a handwritten card or, or sew into their lives. The, that's ways to encourage them and and let them know that they need to keep going because you know you you know being a Christian, you've got a bullseye on your back, right?" You know, you think the enemy's shooting fly, fiery darts at you. I mean, they're shooting bazookas at, at pastors. And, and we need to be an encouragement to them. You know, another way to encourage them is to do what you're doing tonight, to show up and be consistent. I know without a doubt that that pastor looks out there and sees people that, that have been the foundation and the, and the bedrock of this church, and it gives them peace. It gives them solace. But imagine if, if he gets up here and he's like, oh man, I haven't seen you know, so-and-so for, for three or four weeks. And then what, what does our mind do? Immediately go negative. I wonder if they're going to another church. I wonder if they're going to do this. I, he shouldn't have to worry about those things. He should be able to be given to the word and, and hear from God. So when he does stand up here in the pulpit, it's just ministering. And that's one way that we can encourage him is by being consistent. Amen? Encourage your leadership at work. You know, your manager, your boss. You're like, well, I, I hate my boss. Well... You're going to have that boss for quite a while then until you change your attitude and figure it out because everything is a test. And until you pass that test, you're not going to get promoted. Amen? It's not like at the next job, all of a sudden, the attitude's going to magically change. Encourage your boss, no matter how difficult it is. Because what, what's going to happen then? He's going to ask He's going to think, boy, what's different about that person? Are they trying to just butter up to me or what's the deal? And this is not about flattery. This is about encouragement. And just, hey, you're doing a good job. You know, find one thing that they're good at, even if, it's, even if it's a tiny thing. Hey, I see you showing up for work every day on time. I am proud of you. I know this isn't an easy job. Encourage your spouse. You know, I don't do that probably enough. My wife is a, is a master encourager. You know, when I get done sharing, I don't care what anybody thinks except for her. She always says, oh, you did great, honey. Or if I leave to to go to an event, honey, you're going to do great. And I'm telling you, that little bit of encouragement makes a huge difference. You know, encourage your kids. I mean, they're they're challenged with stuff. A lot of times they're not going to open up to you and and tell you what's going on. But be an encouragement to them. You know, tell them how proud you are of them. Again, find one thing. And my my oldest room is a, a disaster most of the time. But he's doing very well in other areas. So I choose instead of, you know, it's the old adage of they come home with, With two A's, maybe two B's, and a D. Which one do you focus on? The D. Because we're negative. But in the real world, the D, you just go hire somebody out, or or you just collaborate with somebody that that got an A where you got a D, and that's how the real world works. So in this world, encourage them with the A's and the B's, and don't worry about the D's. Amen? (laughs) I know you might not agree, but that's okay. (laughs) Every chance you get, encourage somebody. Because I'm telling you, what's Luke 6.38 say? Give, and it'll be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. But you've got to give out first. You give a smile. You give a friendship. You know, you give encouragement. You give first, and then it comes back into you. You know, why doesn't anybody encourage me? Well, are you being an encourager? Amen? Yeah. And the last part of this. For you to encourage or be an encourager you first have to encourage yourself. And that means you got to grow. And this is the challenge part. Amen? you got to grow. That's what, what David said in 1 Samuel chapter 30. He said, it said, David encouraged himself in the Lord. This was right after you know, they had went out and, and were, all the men were out battling and they come back and, and uh, everything was burned to the ground. They took the wives, the kids, they took all their goods and everything. And David's men wanted to stone him. They wanted to kill their leader. Like I said, leadership is not easy. And so nobody was encouraging David, but what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. I'm going to give you some practical stuff, how I start my day every morning. Before I get out of bed, I say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. And I say it a couple times out loud. As an act of my will, I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. There's a lot of maybe not good stuff going on in your life, but you get to choose your attitude. You get to choose your outlook and and how you look at it. And I'm telling you, your kids are watching. Your family's watching. Your friends are watching. They're seeing how you're going through this, you know, if it's a crisis in, in your life right now, and again, there's seasons. You know, you're going into a crisis, coming out of a crisis, or you're in the middle of a crisis at all times. It's just how it is. You don't have to go looking for it. It'll find you. And I'm telling you, you know, we've had seasons of, of abundance where it's just, you know, rainbows and unicorns and, and walking around on clouds where, you know, you just start to think like, geez, you know, I'm invincible. And then all of a sudden, it's like, bam, you know, crisis hits. But I choose to rejoice and be glad in it. And that's the best way that you can, you can have that attitude. Psalms chapter 5, verse 3, it says, In the morning, Lord, in the morning when it's still dark out, Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you and you wait and before you, and you wait patiently. You wait expectantly. The Lord's waiting for you. And I'm not telling you you gotta, you gotta pray in the morning and you gotta go through, but you need to have some sort of intentional morning routine of how you start your day. So imagine this, you know, if, if your alarm is supposed to go off at six o'clock and, and you're hitting the snooze button two or three times, no condemnation. If that's you, just, you know, kind of sink down in your seat a little bit. But again, if you hit snooze two or three times and then you're late getting up, you fly through the shower, you know, you're not getting breakfast, you're, you're late running to work, I mean, that is how you're starting your day. And it's hard to rejoice and be an encourager when it starts out negative like that. You know, and then you go throughout the day, you, you didn't bring lunch, so you got you to gotta drive through some fast food, maybe grab a Mountain Dew, you know, then you got no energy, uh, then you end up staying up late watching Netflix or whatever because you're frustrated with your life and the whole cycle starts over and over and over. Let's well, got to stop now. I'm going to encourage you and exhort you to, to do some different things. First thing you do when you get out of bed in the morning, what is it? I will rejoice. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Practical stuff. Go to the kitchen, drink 16 ounces of water as quick as you can. That gets your lymphatic system going. It gets your, your energy going. Pound it down. I don't care whether you like water or not. Then it's two to three minutes of movement. Motion creates emotion. You know, if you're just standing in the shower, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes, letting the, the water run over your head, it's because you got no energy. You got to get motion going. Motion creates emotion. Stand up for a second. Everybody stand up. Let's try this out. Amen. So repeat after me. This is the day, this is the day. that the Lord has made. I will rejoice rejoice. and be glad in it. it. All right, hands up, hands hands out, hands up, hands out, hands up, hands out, hands up, hands Hands out. All right, start marching in place. Start moving, start moving. Jane, I might have to have you come up here and lead these guys. Marching, marching, marching. Motion creates emotion. Amen? Amen? All right, some other things. You can sit down. Do some hinges. You can do some jumping jacks. You can do some squats. But I'm telling you, motion creates emotion. That water you just drank, it's going to be flooding out in, into your body, and, and it'll make you feel better. Then it's two to three minutes of praise. And that praise, that's going to, you know, you're honoring God. You're blessing him. You're setting your intention on him. I mean, how many times, if you're being honest, do you wake up first thing in the morning and your mind immediately goes negative? You know, what am I going to do about this? How am I going to get this done? All this negative stuff going on. Or you, worse yet, you pick up your phone and you look at your email or you, or you start scrolling through Facebook. Again, worst thing that you can do It's this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Then get in some motion. Then spend two or, two or three minutes just praising God, honoring him. And then I get in the shower, and, and I'm, I'm just thanking Him throughout my shower, usually praying in the Spirit, you know, something like that. But I'm intentionally starting my day out on purpose, so I encourage myself so I can go out and be an encourager. Amen? Because when, when again, you're around people, and, and they're trying to drag you down, you need to intentionally be, be setting this up ahead of time. And then I've got statements of faith that I read out loud. And I'm not going to go through all of these, but you know, there, there are things that are, that are important to me. You know, I say things like, I'm a mighty man of God. I'm an overcomer. And I say it out loud because again, my spirit is hearing my voice say this and it's stirring up my faith and stirring up that gift of exhortation so that I can walk fully in what God has called me to, to do and, and to be. And it's the same way with you. But again, if you're just drifting through life, every day, you know, wake up late, no intention, kind of reading the Bible haphazardly here and there, listening to some Christian music now and then, you know, whatever, whatever. You know, nobody ever got to a mountaintop on accident. You've got to intentionally do this stuff. I am more than a conqueror. The royal blood of heaven flows through my veins. I'm the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, blessed in the city and blessed in the field. I walk by faith and not by sight. And then I've got scriptures at the bottom Jeremiah 29, 11 is one I've been standing on this this year. It says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. I know what I'm doing. I've got it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not abandon you. Plans to give you the future that you hope for. And again, that sets my intention and that encouragement. That is me encouraging myself for the day. Now again, you can do whatever it is that you want to do, but you know the first type of person that, that I described, if you fall in that category, try this out. And it's going to take discipline. It's going to take work. But pick one or two things. At least, you know, the scripture, drink the water and get some movement in and, and, and praise God and start there. And I, t- I promise you, I shared this with a buddy of mine you know, that was struggling with some negativity and, and some different things. And um, he said it made a major difference in his life. What we're doing is we're programming our minds. What's Romans 12:2 say? Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Whether you realize it or not, you are being programmed constantly, every day. Every image you see, everything you see on Facebook, every advertisement, you know, this political stuff, it's all programming. Program, program, program. And to change that programming, you've got to put the Word of God in. Those negative thoughts, negative beliefs, whatever they are, the word has to go in to push that stuff out because you can't have two thoughts at one time, right? So if I say big red dog and you're thinking about a big red dog, you can't at the same time think about a, a purple elephant. You've got to have a thought replace a thought. And that's where the, where the word of God, again, comes in with Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And the final thing, again, if, if Bible reading... Read Psalms, you know, 150 Psalms. I just challenge you for the next month. Read five a day. There's 30 Psalms. Again, David, you know, when you read those, really think about the person that was writing them. Don't just read to check it off of of the box. Read it, sit down in there, and and just meditate on it and just really think that through. What was David going through? You know, a lot of times he was like, man, I'm ready to give up. You know, he's like suicidal. You know, and he's one of the, the in the hall of faith, in, in the Bible, and you think about that. So if David had those challenges, we're going to have those same challenges. So when we read those things, in, in the book of Psalms, again, it's going to encourage you up so that you can walk out and be an encourager. So again, the, the gift of exhortation, which is one of the, the motivational gifts, and then being an encourager yourself, just in the natural, but to be that encourager, again, you've got to grow grow personally, grow spiritually. Amen? So who's going to encourage somebody this week? That's the challenge in every week going forward. And I promise you, I'd love to hear testimonies. You know, on Sunday or, or a week from now, on, hey, I, you know, I, I changed my attitude, I, I started encouraging this person, and, and man, they opened up to me, I've never really had a conversation with them. I mean, it'll open up a whole new world for you. Be curious about people. You know, instead of you being, um, you know, looking to, to share, you know, how much you know and so forth. Again, be interested in others. So instead of being interesting, be interested, interested in them. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 8.30 and 10.30. We also have a midweek service on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.